0: Thanks for pressing play on the Real Time 3D in Education podcast. My name is Mike Washburn. There's nothing cooler than when an entire district or an entire school just, you know, gets behind something and gives it all of its energy and all of its focus and all of its passion, especially when the thing that they're getting behind has its own kind of energy and excitement and engagement level, things like game-based learning, um, Minecraft, Fortnite, and what the Catalyst Center in Davis, Utah, is doing with production and real-time 3D and Unreal Engine in their schools. We talked to Derek Bittner, Elizabeth Van Patten, Liz McEwen and Jay Welk about this amazing work that they've done in their Catalyst Center School and how they you know worked really hard to bring Unreal Engine in and you know what happens when you get everybody aligned and on board and just so excited about what they're doing It fires up the teachers, it fires up the community, and most importantly, it fires up the students. I think this conversation really highlights what happens when administration and teachers and all the other levels get together at a school and row in the same direction to make something happen. I think it'll inspire you to think about ways that you can bring everybody on board in your own situation. So when we come back, Derek Bittner, Elizabeth Van Patten, Liz McEwen, and Jay Welk. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Thank you. Thanks for having us, Well, this is exciting to have y'all, and um, really excited to have this conversation. So let's start at the start um, with with Jay and. The idea of even bringing in a tool like Unreal Engine in, into a school, I mean, there are a lot of schools that are just barely getting started with things like Minecraft and and like Roblox and like um, Scratch. And here you guys are bringing in a world-class 3D game design engine. Tell us about, you know, the decision to bring in a tool like this, Um, why Unreal Engine, and kind of what spurred on the the need for this to even happen.
1: Yeah, it it was interesting because when we decided that we were going to go with an LED wall um, for our production studio, we really kind of wondered about what content are we going to create using that LED wall so we started to doing a little bit of research and one of the first videos we ran uh, across was a video that Brian Carris and uh, Jerome Plateau were in Brian Karras the technical director of graphics for Epic Games and uh, Jerome Plateau is the, um, the art director for special projects and they were talking in that particular video about this dynamic global illumination they call it Lumen and you, it could be used in the, um, in the game development. And it, just to watch that video and watch how real that uh, the avatar in the video looked, how they could adjust the bounce lighting, um, you know, the visualized geometry that was used with that, that was incredible to us. And, and you know, we and, and these teachers are really able to do it, um, are able to bring the creative part of the students out. And we really felt like our students could do this. Um, we, we have some very very bright students, and not just in Davis School District, but but across the country. And, and we thought this is something that they can do. So we, we thought big, kind of, and we thought you know we can go with this. And, and we also watched another video by Jason Workman, who's a VR production, and and he was using that um, the Unreal Engine software. Um, in, his, in the production, in the particular video, which was amazing. And, and to be able to take that virtual environment and bring it in, make it look like an actual, you know, that you were out on set somewhere, was incredible. Um, you know, and then we, we uh, looked at more about MetaHuman and how we could create different avatars. And, you know, the, really the experts are the three teachers here. And, and, I mean, it was cool to me, but they really know what goes into it. We found out that, you know, uh, Derek ha- had already had association with Steve Isaacs, um, which was good as we got into that into that process. Um, Steve was in, and his team have just been, and Kathy and the team have been incredible to work with in terms of the accelerator training and everything that goes on. Liz, uh, Elizabeth went to the accelerator training before we even opened the school. Liz had been to it, and Derek, you'd been to it as well. So they were... I mean, really, you can have the tools, but you have to have the right people um, teaching the students. And and I think with these three, you just have just an awesome, awesome team.
0: Amazing. And we're going to get to, um, you know, some of the awesome work that you're doing in a few minutes. But I want to stick with you, Jay, and just talk about that idea, actually, about building up that team. About the the initial early stages of implementation, you know um, how how it went. What kind of like work did you have to do to get um, to get um, to get it going, to get it ready to be used in in the schools?
1: Well, kind of the interesting thing was initially I couldn't get through to someone at Epic. I kept getting um, these recordings and or you know talk through a you know a digital you know representative somehow and. Finally, I just typed in, is there a real person out there? (laughs) And I I got a response that was awesome. And then we got Steve to respond. And Steve has been incredible. I mean, what what he's done in terms of helping us and and always available to us, you know, always so generous with his time and and his knowledge and and bringing his team in. Um, And Epic has just been um, outstanding. I couldn't say enough good. And then Brian Hunt, who replaced me as... CT director. He was, he was at the time we hired him early so that he could be the uh, the school administrator. And Brian went about, um, you know, getting the staff, hiring the staff, and, and it was we were very, very strategic in in who we brought in there. And um, if you look at at these teachers that you know are involved, um, they're really, really good, and, and they're good at bringing the skills and the talents out of the students. Um, so. That wasn't just a well let's see who applies and we'll give him the job. But it was we 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 uh I think it cost us a, a couple of lunches to get Derek Khan um <laughs> on board into the school. But it was awesome.
0: Amazing. That sounds great. And um so as someone as part of my day job, I'm I'm heavily involved in kind of scaling you know, education programs for school districts and organizations all across Canada. Um, and so I know a little bit about the kind of the layers and like the the work that it takes to bring an organization to, together um, to to roll out, a, you know, an idea and a plan and a kind of a learning program centered around um, something as big as Unreal Engine. So, um, Derek, I want to, throw to you and just talk a little bit about those layers and getting everybody on board, get everybody you know, rowing in the same direction, um and and you know, um, you know, how you how you got everybody working together uh to do to do the work that you're doing there. Well
2: that's uh that's really the trick I guess. Um they we the the way our schools district is set up is we have ten comprehensive high schools um, and at each high school, we uh, got together some a programming teacher and, um, and the game design was at a lot of the, of, the, of the high schools. But each high school was kind of off doing their own individual thing, which, which is fine because you want teachers to play to their strengths. Um, you know, you have one teacher may be doing a lot of stuff in Minecraft and another teacher doing a lot of stuff, doing something in, say, Roblox or Unity or Game Maker or whatever it is. Um, you know those those teachers so every school's kind of doing their thing and this was probably three or four years ago um, But then they kind of put us in PLC's and got us together in groups and we kind of started Hey, what's the next thing that we can do? I I have some stuff that I want my kids to do and game makers just not good enough um, And so we started looking at some other stuff So for me uh, in my classroom I started looking at some unreal engine stuff. So I got into the training I bumped into Steve at a conference in Miami and he gave me some really good information um, and I started implementing that in, in just in my classroom but one of the big things uh, as we were meeting with the district was um, as we are implementing this in my classroom because I had a lot of special requests you know like I wanted some network stuff opened up I wanted um, I wanted permission to do gamify the classroom a little bit more than maybe that we had been doing in the past and so I was Trying to get permission from the district to do some things, but one of the biggest things that we sat down with them is, I know this is harder right now, but how can we set this up in a way that makes this easier for us to replicate in someone else's classroom the next time somebody wants to set this up? And it was really a, a kind of a pivotal moment in that we started we started looking at sure, we have this one teacher who's a former programmer that's me can run this, but how can I make this work for someone who's not a former programmer? How can we make this work for somebody to come in and say, hey, I want my kids to be able to do this? And we came up, we got this kind of a blueprint set up for our computer labs, um, for the system requirements, for the teacher training, for everything. And we really just kind of structured it in a way that it made it very, uh, we could replicate it really easy in any of the comprehensive schools in the district.
0: And. And capacity building is a huge part of this, right? It can't just be, you know, the three of you. Um, there's, there's, there's gotta be more people involved because you, you can't just run a program like this with three people, right? Yeah,
2: we had, um, we, we've done some, ex- the Epic Accelerator training, we had about, geez, I wanna say 50 teachers, uh, some odd come out. And so we have 50 teachers in the area um, not just from our school district, but we invited some of the local school districts to come in. So it was us and a couple other districts came in. and we had fifty people go through the accelerator training together. And uh, it's nice because those teachers are now relying on each other for, hey, I had this really cool thing happen. Um, we did this, my kids did this awesome thing, and now I can try to start doing that in my classroom as well. So it's kind of a more of a collaborative, Uh, lift together kind of effort
0: these tools are so advanced like i mean we talk about it all the time on this show and in conferences the idea that these aren't just the tools that you use in a classroom but the industry professionals this is what they're using they're not using anything else um in a lot of cases um unreal engine is a global standard now at this point for um a lot of different things and not just game design either in in terms of like video production um animation there's there's so many other facets of of this kind of Tool usage, and it speaks to this idea that this is this is our students' future. This is the, there are so many spaces that this technology is going to touch in the future, um, and so that's why it's important to start working with students now. So, so Liz, um, talk to me a little bit about how you guys. Th- Think through the value, like, you know, in terms of what you're teaching your students so that they are prepared for a future that is, you know, constantly being uh, so they're prepared for a future that is constantly using 3D tools.
3: So for video production in general, um, you really can't run um, a stage without Unreal Engine, right? And the fact that our high school has an LED wall and that we can produce um, virtual production, sets us apart from many different high schools and even colleges. There, There isn't a college or a university in Utah that has the technology that we have in our high school. And so for our students to be able to understand that technology, learn how to use it, it's just invaluable for anybody looking to get into the virtual production space. And And anybody in the virtual production space knows that it's changing all the time, and the sooner you can jump in and start understanding Unreal Engine and understanding how it works and what kind of stories you can tell based on the technology that you have, it just opens doors to the possibilities of, you know, what you can do in the future. Um, you know, do you want to go into virtual production? You can go into storytelling and virtual production. Do you want to be a photographer? Right? There's so many things that. Um, In the film and virtual production space, Unreal Engine touches. And so, you know, if you're a photographer, you have to learn Unreal Engine to understand how to light, how to create worlds, and how to um, be able to film stories using an LED wall. And so that would not be possible if we did not have Unreal Engine. So uh, I just, we're excited to have Unreal Engine in the studio and to be able to offer a world class educational experience because. Unreal it, Unreal Engine is um, world class.
0: I, I gotta imagine the projects you guys are doing are. Pretty mind blowing. I, I don't know if you have anything off the top of your head that, that you want to share that you've done. Um, you know, but but I'd love to I'd love to hear some of the cool stuff you're you, you got going on. Well so
3: for right now we're actually waiting for our camera um, tracking system to work. So um... So right now we're just still kind of waiting for all of the pieces to go. But the first project we wanna do is to do a short film in a subway. Um, I know there's an awesome subway set on Unreal Engine and we wanna be able to combine the um, LED wall and put some physical props in front of the LED wall. And the goal would be for you to watch that short and think that we had filmed it on location in a subway car. So that's our first um, project out of the gate is to be able to have um, a short at a subway. At a subway scene. So, but we're still waiting for um, the camera tracking.
2: From our game dev kids, um, one of the coolest things that we had last year um, was we had some kids that were playing or messing around, trying to come up with ideas for their for their project, and they were messing around in Fortnite Creative, and they kind of came up with this uh, this idea of a player versus player Pac Man game, like 3D. And uh, what they ended up with is uh, they built this game where uh, one character, one player, plays as Pac-Man in a 3D space. So it's just like the Pac-Man map, except for it's like hallways and turns and there's the power pellets and everything. And uh, one player plays as Pac-Man and three players play as the ghosts. And the ghosts are trying to kill the main Pac-Man player. And the Pac-Man's trying to run around and get the power pellets at the right time and try and kill the – get the ghosts. And it was like – they were throwing the idea out at me and I was like, This is pretty off the wall. But then when it started coming together, like the, the further and further they got into it, I was like, Man, this is one of like the funnest things I've ever played. We had the kids playing it against each other in the room and they were just screaming at each other and going nuts and it was it's phenomenal. It was really, really cool. I hope they get it to a spot where they can actually release it. So it's good enough I'd buy it.
0: That's that's hilarious. It it actually reminds me uh, in the early days of the pandemic, Steve Isaacs and I did a lot of live streaming together and and we remade Rocket League in Fortnite Creative. Um built an arena um with nets and everything and like pushed around a ball um in into into goals and you know, you had to set the programming up to trigger when the when the ball scored and they've actually added um um cars and stuff like yeah you could really do it up now and it reminds me of that good good memories of the early days of the pandemic steve and i uh playing around in, in Fortnite creative it's amazing the things you can do um and it is so much so much fun um uh, Elizabeth, I want to get you to jump in here. And, you know, we're talking about these kids and, um, you know, um, replicating a subway station and, and building Pac-Man in a game. And, um, you know, I I was a teacher, a computer science teacher at a private school, so I, I have a little bit of a similar sense for the value that the potential, I should say, of being at a, at a magnet school where, where kids have to, you know, apply to, to get in and they have to probably show some sort of um, competency or, or potential for, for these types of um, skills. And I imagine that having a, a quality of, of student and a quality of tool. That, that you guys have there, um, you know, it opens up a world of opportunity for amazing things. Wouldn't you agree?
4: Yeah, um, it's really amazing to see the level of motivation these students have. Um, so just to give you an idea, right now we have 10 games in development in Unreal Engine, five, um, 10 different teams. So five teams per period, essentially, that we host for class time. Um, And these teams, we built them around the way they do in industry. So we have producer for each team. We have artists for each team. We have programmers for each team. And they do the same thing at the University of Utah. They have an amazing video game development program there. Um, My husband is in the master's video game development program there. And just to give you an idea of the motivation level, the master students who are in teams of like 20 kids and these these guys are in teams of a max of six at our school and they're in teams of 20 kids these master students and their prototypes after two weeks look worse than my students prototypes after two weeks like the prototypes that they have given me are incredible i did not expect them to do as much as they did but they are so passionate and so motivated and they do it all on their own like they decide what their goals are they have their leader, their producer, I'm there to support them and teach them and help them any way I can, but they are just incredibly passionate about what they're doing and what they're building. And the goal for all of these games is publication, like that we get them published and these students get that recognition and um, have that resume building and are able to have the world see what they've built. And it's I really think we'll get there by the end of this year, to be honest, like seeing what they've done so far, like they're, they're amazing.
0: The, the agency that an opportunity like that gives students, you know, that they can see that their work isn't just being experienced by, you know, their teachers and maybe their parents and their their peers, but that they could put it out into the world for anyone to, to play or experience. Uh, in 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 Liz's case with visual production stuff. Um, you know, I imagine that that um increases the engagement exponentially when, when they know that, you know, that their work is going to be seen.
3: Just in video production and, and virtual production, um, to get hired, you need a demo reel, right? You've got to be able to, to show your employer what you can do, the quality of your work, and what you're really into. And in our industry, you have to show it and prove that you can do those skills. And so being able to have a demo reel and be able to kind of show the skills that you do have and what you want to do is just... Priceless. I just can't think of a lot of high school students that have a dynamic um, demo reel that shows what they can do, and that's what our our program is driven for: is to to help them get into industry and have something that they can show off their skills with. So,
0: I mean, some college programs require demo reels, right, to to get into. Um, so being able to provide, it's almost like a service the school is providing that that not only are they learning all of these tools, but they're going to have this thing that they can give to colleges to say, hey, look, look at all of this stuff that I've created. It's a great opportunity, right?
2: Just in comparison to um, the, what the regular standard classroom looks like, you know, the example that we hear a lot is, um, when a kid makes that brochure or pamphlet in their history class for something and they turn it in and it's the perfect pamphlet ever made. And what do they do with it? Well, they throw it away as they're walking out of the classroom after they got their hundred percent. And I think our kids take this so seriously because the work that they're doing goes into their portfolios. It goes into their demo reels. And, and in some cases, the work that they do here at the school is actually for local businesses. And so they're actually doing projects that are going to live on, that are not, they're, they're really, wow. Um, but it's really, uh, it's important to them that they give it everything they have because they know the things that they're doing is gonna is gonna stick around.
3: I, I was gonna say too, that um, as they've worked with industry and um, put together projects, they've also already gotten jobs in the industry already. I have a couple of students that work for a YouTube channel and we had a couple of people or a couple of students Um, do a a point of view video uh, making ice cream and then the company saw the video and said hey we'd love you to work on our videos so just with them working with industry they're picking up all these side gigs on the side and it just makes my heart smile because they're already getting a taste of success.
1: And Mike, Mike if I could maybe add one thing in there if you look at the overall model of the school. I mean, we have great technology in there with the LED wall and, you know, our editing bays and our control rooms. And, but if you look at the school as a whole, it's a completely different model of, of instruction. And, and, you know, when Derek and Liz are talking about industry and industry is embedded in that school. So industry really is coming in and informing education. They're, they're really let, telling our teachers, telling our students um, this is what is happening in industry. This is what the students need to know coming out. And you mentioned it, you know, at the start in your intro that we are part of the uh, CAPS network. The, the acronym CAPS stands for Centers for Advanced Professional Studies. And it's a national network, actually an international network, that uh, Davis Catalyst is a part of. And that, that particular model where, you know, one of the one, kind of the themes of the, of the network is we go where the students lead us. And students really have a lot of input into their own education. But you'll see Derek, Liz, and Elizabeth uh, working with Jeff Warren over in the drone aviation program, or they're working with our marketing people, Brian McKnight, and the marketing people, or health sciences. Um, you know, there's so many different things that culinary with with Tiffany, um, all of those they kind of work together. And you know, so that Epic Games strategy or that that, that platform is used beyond. Maybe just the content areas that uh, you think of maybe, you know, production, like um, documentary production or whatever it might be, or game development. It goes into the, you know, um, the architecture part. You know, a, a lot of traditional architectural software, um, you know, you can come in with that that accelerator training and you can learn to do some great design with the Epic Games software. So,
0: Amazing. Amazing. So we like to talk about the future on on this podcast and certainly uh we've been doing a lot of that already but um i i love to end each episode with with a big question to get your heads all going here um where do you see the work you're doing um in kind of real-time 3d tools um you know the work that callus is doing um or or just generally the future of this type of teaching where do you see all that in five to seven years let's let's go around my screen here so we'll do uh elizabeth then liz then derek and then we'll end uh with jay what do, what do you think
4: well when i started so when i started teaching unreal engine i was actually at a different high school last year and then i moved to the catalyst but i was the first um i guess traditional high school to try to do unreal engine in our district and there was a lot of pushback no one else was doing it and then this year we now have three traditional high schools in our district doing unreal engine and i just think it will grow i think that these tools that we're building even at this like specialized school in five seven years i think they'll be in many traditional schools and i hope they will be um i think that we're laying the foundation for why it's so important i really think we're changing education and the view of education that It should be something that means more than just that moment in the classroom, that it should be something that lasts for these students, for their lives, um, for career exploration. College is so expensive, like being able to explore those careers um, and those passions in high school is amazing. So I really just see this model not just being in such specialized schools, but in the future, like really growing hopefully to more traditional schools and just like across school districts across the nation.
3: Perfect. And and for my space for virtual production and film production, in five to seven years, I hope that um, we are a well-oiled machine and we act as a, a studio, right? So that our students are constantly making shorts, they're making videos, they're live streaming, they're doing all of those important things that are in industry and they're doing them in school and that they really can get out there and get in the industry early and just be able to really start to understand what they want to do and then be able to have a place where they can go to go and try their hand at filming, at virtual production, at storytelling. So in the future for us, I just hope that um, more kids can have the opportunity to be here and to work with industry and then really have access to all of that technology to go ahead and make um, short films that have virtual production with them. And two, the other thing I I wanna bring up too is like working with industry, everybody can cook, right? Everybody can work with an industry. They can reach out, they can work with local communities and line up uh, opportunities for their students to work with industry too. So I don't want people to hear this and think, well, I don't have all that amazing technology. You can definitely be a storyteller and you can work with industry too. You just have to reach out and try to look for those opportunities for your students to get involved in the industry in your community.
2: Um, for me, being a computer scientist guy, I look at, um, you know, the technology that's coming down the pipe right now is fun and it's neat to look at, but that's not really what pushes innovation. What pushes innovation is the, the cutting edge things right now when that stuff becomes cheap, right, when that becomes widely, widely available because of price. Um, that's when really awesome things start happening. And the way I kind of look at our school is we are that like bleeding edge. We're pushing all of the 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 leading things. But the reason we're doing that is not because necessarily what it happens at our school, but we're allowing in two or three years the things that are happening at our school to push out to every student. And we're looking at doing this kind of thing in junior highs and in the elementary schools. And can we do, what can we do in one of the lower schools in three years that we're doing here right now. And in five years, I can't imagine what we'll be doing here at the Cattle Center. That's gonna be outrageous. But, but I think that's one of the big things is that that technology gets cheaper. And for us, the cheap, the price is not necessarily the money, it's the getting the right people trained and getting the processes put in place so that you could replicate something. I would imagine, I, I have to believe that some of the success that Elizabeth's having in her game design class, we're going to see that kind of thing happen in the ninth grade in three to five years. Like the the quality that she's got is going to be in the junior highs in a few years, as long as we can keep pushing on our end, then we make that technology cheaper for the schools in our district.
1: Yeah. You know, and we talk a lot about advancing technology and it, um, the speed at which it advances is incredible. Um, But the thing that these teachers are doing, uh, Elizabeth talked a little bit about her teams that she has. It's the same with Liz and Derek. They, They have teachers, our students working in teams, but they're learning skills that go beyond the technical. They're learning those skills where they have to be good communicators, whether it's verbal communication or written communication. They have to be able to work in a team to collaborate. They have to be innovative in their approach. They have to have design thinking. How can we make this Jordan. this thing particular uh, better? Um, as the, in what they're doing, so they're learning. And, and that's what we hear from industry. You know, we, we can teach them te- technical skills, but there are certain skill set that that they don't come with um, necessarily because traditional schools don't don't teach that. And these teachers do an outstanding job of teaching those. We don't call them soft skills, but those professional skills that will lead into industry and really help the students.
0: Amazing answers. Well, I, you know, I, for one, am incredibly excited to see where you guys go from here. You, you sound like you're just getting started uh, and, um, you know, everything is is looking up and, and moving forward. And that's um, incredibly exciting. Um, Elizabeth, Liz, Derek, Jay, thanks so much for uh, chatting with me today.
3: Thank you. Thanks for having us. Awesome.